0: Yes, hi, hello, and welcome inside a Tuesday edition of the program. It is the power. Talk of Muncie, the new WMUN. Glad you could be with us today. We have a lot of basketball to discuss. Kyle Smedley from the Ball State Daily News will join the program coming up at 440. As we break down, uh, it, It's it, it kind of feels like Groundhog Day, does it not? For the last three or four games, Ball State men's basketball has been in the exact same position. From From a standing standpoint, they have. Now, um, big time, uh, tough loss on Saturday for a lot of different circumstances. But at the end of the day, you are still only a game back of Kent State tonight at Central Michigan. So we'll dive into the specifics of that game Coming up here in a little bit, high school basketball sectional play begins tonight, and I'll give my yearly speech about just how special this is in the state of Indiana, regardless of the area that you're at, and I'll bring it to something um, that I think every young person basketball player thinks about now um, we'll get to that coming up here in a little bit and I I can speak to it from personal circumstance even though I never played on the level that I would have loved to play at it's like every single uh, uh, basketball player that's out there playing in games tonight Uh, Pacers had a really bad loss last night you know, one of those losses where we've talked about it, where you just can't lose to teams like the Raptors, like the uh, Charlotte Hornets, like the Portland Trailblazers. And it happened last night and it happened in, in rather uh, embarrassing fashion for all of the good. There's those moments where you sit there and you're like, how in the world can they lose to that team? Like, get that out of the way in the first half of the season. That's okay. Every team has them. Every team, you sit there and you're like, what, what the heck happened there? But at this point of the year, you just can't have those losses. Those are, um, they're, they're not give me wins, but they certainly are wins that are um, needed and wanted. If you were the team you were two years ago, we're not having this conversation. But uh, the Toronto Raptors end up defeating the Indiana Pacers last night. Now, the Pacers are still 33-26 and 26 and very much in the thick of things in the Eastern Conference. But, look, uh, Toronto's not a very good basketball team. That's part of the reason why um, they, they traded Pascal Siakam part of the 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 deal was hey they weren't really going to compete with that roster and secondly Pascal Siakam didn't want to re-sign with the Toronto Raptors the Raptors are 22 and 36 after last night's win like those are games you cannot and i mean you cannot lose and you would like to be in the position where we're talking about it this way. Now, Toronto is only three and a half games back of the final play in spot at the 10th spot. Believe it or not, the Atlanta Hawks are 25 and 32 and in the play in. Pacers with the loss last night are at the seventh position and would be the first team in the play-in scenario at this point. Again, there's a lot of basketball to be played. It's not like we're ending the season after last night's defeat and these are the uh, concrete uh, Eastern Conference standings. but. I think it brings up a little bit of a larger issue that, again, these these losses continue to happen. You've lost to the Wizards, you've lost to the Hornets, you've lost to the Toronto Raptors. You are like ten games over five, like you're ten games better in your record than these two teams, all of these teams. Like you just can't put yourself in those positions, and um, it it should concern you if you're a Pacers fan. It should now. More often than not, you played very well against the top of the league. But when you need to get wins, can you get them? And... I think that does translate when you get into a playoff series. I really, really feel that way. And so, again, you just can't have enough of those. It's just – it's got to be frustrating for fans, you know. You had a three-game winning streak, you beat uh, the living daylights out of the Dallas Mavericks the night before, and then you absolutely lay an egg against the Toronto Raptors. This is the kind of accountability that good teams need to have. And I guess we'll provide that on this program. I'm sure I'm not the only one saying this today, but that's a bad loss. It is. For a team that's 10 games better in their record, the Pacers, over a team that is 14 games under five can Can't happen. Just cannot happen. So uh, we'll dive into that topic as well. I'm fired up about that. Yes, I feel very strongly about that, that it, it's great to be in a position – where we're talking from that perspective about this basketball team. No question about it. Like, this is what you waited for for a couple of years, and they are in the perspective where they should be expected to win those games. You you shouldn't lay an egg in those games. You just should not. So anyway, calls welcome at 765-287-1340 at Mark WMUN on Twitter as well. Look, this is truly one of the best weeks of the year it absolutely is and it's kind of the introduction of basketball like for a while we will be focusing on basketball think about it you have a sectional week here and it's going to begin and then for a three week stretch it's the march to gamebridge fieldhouse for the tournament and by the way we have a couple of teams around here that if if things fall the way they can fall wouldn't be surprised if they're playing in semi-state championships with a game left to possibly represent their class their respective uh, side of the bracket at Cambridge Fieldhouse to be honest with you uh, this is the first time in this area in quite some time that you could kind of feel that way I go back to 2018-2019 Delta was right there at it Um, You know, I go back to the 2016 Muncie Central team, and I know people that have lived in this area can go much further back than I can. But as far as the teams that I've covered in my 10 years here, you know, there's only been a handful of times where I truly felt like, hey, this isn't just a sectional championship type of team. This is a team that could absolutely make the trip. Uh, to gamebridge Fieldhouse and I feel like in a couple of classes we have those teams around here if things fall the way they can fall and uh, certainly last year very close to having that happen a year ago so it's there it's no doubt about it there but this week is always special because you know there is a uh, obviously uh, an identification of basketball in this state that is unlike any other sport you know. Um, I would say over the last 15, 20 years, football's changed some things in this state from a Colts perspective and what high school football means and those sorts of things, and you can thank Peyton Manning, you can thank uh, the Indianapolis Colts and, and the success and the sustainability that they've been really since the 2000s, you know, and again, I grew up in that era, and you know when the Pacers are really really good and in the 90s and all those different things you know there was a correlation with Indiana basketball and professional basketball and of course college basketball that way but in my opinion there is you know one tournament like this that just it, it, it's something different like basketball is totally different. And I, I got a little taste of that on, sun, uh, on Saturday when I was there for the girls' basketball state finals. Like, it's no longer just a, a boys' state finals related deal. Like, the girls' basketball state finals are the exact same thing. Like, basketball is a celebration of a, of a seven, eight week span uh, across girls' and boys' basketball with the IHSA. But I remember, just like a lot of you remember, the dreams of playing basketball. As a young kid, and yes, I had that basket in my driveway. Yes, I was out there in the rain, in the snow, and all those sorts of things. Turnaround jumpers, you know, I, I I was shooting the most ridiculous jumpers you could find. But I felt my most comfortable with the basketball in my hand. Now, in in Carmel, Indiana, I was the last cut on the seventh grade team. I was the last cut on the eighth grade team. I never tried out for the high school team because I knew. I knew by that point, you know that look i, I my my growth stopped at five nine <laughs> you know it, when I was a sixth grader, I was a forward by the time I was in seventh grade, I was almost too small to be a to be a to be a shooting guard. but I loved basketball, I absolutely did, and I had dreams of you know i i went to I remember the years my my seventh eighth grade years was the years of Lawrence North and Greg Oden and Mike Connolly in the run that they went on for a couple of years span. And I remember going to Hinkle and watching the Carmel Greyhounds at Hinkle Fieldhouse in the what would have been the regional uh, matchup against Lawrence North. And, you know, there are a lot of kids my age that were there that, you know, ended up playing on those teams, playing on those sectional teams. And I hear this all the time from coaches, like these groups grew up with one another. And we do have a couple of groups with some of the teams around here that these runs, these opportunities started when they played together in 3rd, 4th, 5th grade. And then they went to middle school. And then they played, like, you know, I look at this Yorktown team and I look at the trio of Kieran Tawari, Mason Moulton, and Jacob Grimm. They truly have played with each other since elementary school. It has been a total constant progression. They all started together as freshmen. Now they are seniors. Very similar to Delta. Delta's got several players that are right there as well um, that have played together for a very long time. Wapahani the same way. You know, I remember when Wapahani and Yorktown met up in the county championship a couple of years back and talking to both coaches and saying, look, there's nothing that we can really prepare them for because Jacob Grimm has been guarding Isaac Andrews for years. (laughs) They've gone back and forth for years in the youth leagues in elementary school, in middle school, and now at the high school ranks. And I bring all that up to say that this time of the year is truly, truly special in this state. It absolutely is. Because in our bubble in East Central Indiana, in Muncie specifically, as I'm talking to you on these airwaves, we know those stories around here. But you know what? This is happening in central Indiana. This is happening down in in southern Indiana around Jasper. Um, this is happening up in the region in northern Indiana. Like, my stories about the, 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 the teams and the players and these groups growing up and everything, I imagine that a lot of them, same deal. <laughs> they're, they're referencing the elementary schools when this all started for them. And, you know, um, they... A lot of these kids have played in a lot of tournaments. Like, I I feel like with a lot of the teams we're talking about this year, these are groups that have been together for a while. Delta and Yorktown and uh, Wapahani is one. You know, there's a a decent amount of seniors on Muncie Central that have played together for quite some time as well. Um, You know, these groups have played together for a very long time long time and don't you think for a second that this season goes quickly like we think it comes up quickly when we are talking about sectional play but oftentimes you you know the practices and some of the games are long for these players and there is just a re-energized feel to when you head into this week like every year there is a re-energized feel to all of it and you know, I, I've talked to coaches over the last ten years about this, and you know, uh, now um, having done this for ten years and having seen players graduate, and now talking to them as adults, and um, you know, being around the coaches and knowing them for as long as, as as a decade and a little bit longer than that, that you, the coaches, really try to do this this time of this time of the year is make sure these players understand how fortunate they are to, to, to do this. And that being a part of these runs and everything may not sink in for a while, but you better try to enjoy it in the moment. Because there will come a time four or five years down the road where you will sit there and say, that was pretty darn cool. That, that, that was the, the epitome of high school. That was the epitome of uh uh, of playing sports you know like it's crazy you know i have um so uh this is a little bit about me and you you guys some of you guys might know this but i've been talking about my high school memories (laughs) a lot here as of late you know, um, me and my wife have had these conversations a lot because we're welcoming a a little one coming up in may, and so we've we've just had conversations about different things. I've talked about my sports related successes and different which aren't very many. It takes like five seconds to go through my sports related successes, but anyway, to talk about the things that really truly were big for us when we were growing up because guess what we're gonna have to do that with our little one, and you know. I look back at the things that I felt like were important back in 2010 when I graduated from high school, and now in 2024, they don't seem that important, but I look at the experiences that have brought me to where I'm at now, that back in the day, I know that I had a teacher that told me as a senior, hey, you better enjoy this right now because you will appreciate it later. And they're darn right. They absolutely are. And while I never got to play at that level, and while I I, I would have loved to, I would have loved to play high school basketball, but again, 5'9", and not very fast, a streaky shooter, I, I never was going <laughs> to contribute at all, like, that's what I really – think this time of the year and this week is so neat and so there are sectional basketball matchups that are happening all around the state tonight our game of the night is Yorktown in Centerville uh, that is at sectional number 24 at Newcastle the coverage from a radio standpoint will be over on Blake FM 96.7 102.9 but you can also see the video coverage just head to our Facebook and Twitter pages where you can access that video link but if you want a direct link uh, to, to see everything go to IHSAATV.org backslash wolfboom. It's easy. That's where it is. We will not be streaming live on Facebook due to IHSA regulations, so you can only access that by going to IHSA TV if you want to watch it on video tonight. Again, this looks like a favorable matchup for Yorktown, but again, anything can happen in the tournament, and so that game at Newcastle tonight and man when I think of Newcastle all I think about is 2019 that that place being absolutely packed to the brim and standing room only I've never seen anything like it and you know I I get all these references to the past from high school basketball fans that were here when the you know the field house would sell out and, and all the different things that you know have been a part of the heritage of high school basketball around here but I'll never forget 2019 in that sectional that was truly one of the coolest experiences and I've done a lot of cool things in my career um, in 10 years So hope hopefully there's more but that was truly one of the coolest things I have ever been a part of in that atmosphere every single time a basket went in man that place just absolutely exploded exploded it was uh, truly impressive. So anyway, um, there's my speech for 2024 in high school basketball sectional play. That begins tonight. Yes, I know. I, I, I you know, this is, um, it's really fun to cover. It really, really is. And so, in a small way, I hope that I can relay that on the radio here. And I hope you all enjoy um, all that this week brings. If you're going to go to games, listen, watch, whatever, um, it truly is a heck of a lot of fun. It, it really, truly is. So, our coverage this week, um, I'll be a part of some of it. Um, Jared Boomer's on the call tonight. Rick Johnston, um, our full crew is absolutely positively ready to go. It has been, uh, I mean, we started this journey back in mid-August and now we are at the point of tournament play and boys basketball. I don't know how we got here. It it goes quickly for us. I know in the season sometimes, it depends on what program you're talking about, uh, but it it, it truly is a really, really fun week. So, tomorrow night we have Muncie Central versus Richmond. That's at the Greenfield Central sectional coming up tomorrow night. And then from there, we will We'll let you know what is going to occur Friday and Saturday based on what occurs in the first two nights of competition. So enjoy it. Uh, If we can be of any help to direct you in the right direction of coverage plans, certainly reach out to us and we can help you, uh, point you in the right direction. So when we come back, we'll talk about Ball State men's basketball tonight. It's coming your way next. Power them on CWMUN. As always, presented by Walls Furniture and Mattress. Nebo Road in Muncie online at WallsFurniture.com. 90% of what's on the showroom floor in stock for you, 48 hours or less. That's the Walls Furniture and Mattress difference. They swap out trends and styles daily on the showroom floor to give you a new look. You got to check them out, well, maybe daily, weekly, whatever you need. Walls Furniture and Mattress has it on Nebo Road in Muncie and online at WallsFurniture.com. Glad you could join us in the program. Calls are always welcome at 765-287-1340 at Mark WMUN. On Twitter as well. want to mention this before we talk about Ball State men's basketball. Uh, Ball State men's golf had a runner-up Dorado Beach collegiate finish. Yes, uh, they were amongst a lot of different teams there, and the impressive spring start for Ball State men's golf continues. Congrats to Mike Fleck and his crew. Again, uh, they're rolling. That's a really good team. I mean, they are strong from uh, the, the very, very top uh, to the middle of their roster, and everything and we've had coach on uh we had him on a couple of weeks ago actually and they they are uh, a really really good team and i would expect them to be heavy contenders for the Mid-American Conference title. So Mike Fleck and his team a runner-up finish in Puerto Rico at the Dorado Beach Collegiate. Now um, the final round was washed out but Ball State was in the runner-up position before the final round uh, was to be complete. So congratulations to them. Uh, That's fantastic stuff and we'll keep an eye on how things progress here going through the spring schedule. Uh, Tonight Ball State may Men's basketball is at Central Michigan. Uh, Ball State, again, the loss that they had to Eastern Michigan this past Saturday. That being said, uh, Ball State is still only a game back of Kent State for the final position in the Mid-American Conference Tournament. You know, um, I I just get the sense this year, uh, for ball state men 's basketball as we've talked with them about the one step forward two steps back, two steps forward, uh, one step back whatever i mean the, the combination of all of that is this that they've been it's kind of funny to say this they've actually been pretty good when they've had these really tough results i mean they've they've usually come out and played pretty well. I mean, I look at the full schedule this season and I can point to some of the ones that kind of got away for Ball State. So um, first things first was uh, the, the loss in overtime to Miami of Ohio that they didn't foul the, the, the shooter with the ball in his hands late in the game up three could have fouled, sent them to the free throw line, and maybe grinded out a win there. Uh, Ball State put up their biggest performance in Mid-American Conference play, a win by 28. Um, they had a last-second loss um, or, or last four minutes loss to Bowling Green. They ended up winning against Western Michigan right afterwards. The only real exception to that – was against Ohio, where they lost in overtime 84-79, and that started a three-game losing streak. Now, at the back half of that losing streak was uh, the loss um, uh, a couple weekends ago to Miami of Ohio, Ohio, where they lost by 21 points in that game. They came right back and beat Northern Illinois and grinded it out on the road in the second half of play. So, again, um, not every time but most times this year, Ball State has actually done a pretty decent job at overcoming their previous loss or previous tough result. Does that mean that's going to happen tonight? I have no idea. Uh, Central Michigan's a team that still has a chance to have even a higher seed than where they currently stand, which right now, they're number three in the Mid American Conference with, um, you know, the four games to play. Left. Now, last time out for Central Michigan, uh, they, get, they got beat badly. <laughs> 28 points to Miami of Ohio. And again, Miami of Ohio has that ability to uh, put it on you. Ball State knows everything about that. Um, now, Central Michigan coming home. And it'll be Ball State, um, the matchup here. And, look, we, we've said this, and it is strange. Uh, Ball State's been pretty good on the road in the Mid-American Conference. They, they, they really are. Something about home, I, I, don't, I don't know what it is, which is weird because for the first year and a half of, you know, Michael Lewis's head coach, all, all we were talking about was how good they've been at home. Honestly, on the Mid-American Conference road this year, they've been really good on the road. So it, 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 that, that stuff doesn't matter right now the getting wins matters if you're going to go to Cleveland and again I know the comments after Saturday uh, from coach about look so far away and some of the things they need to figure out to, to, to get across to the players here but putting the the proper perspective on it going into this game Ball State's actually been pretty good at uh, overcoming those things so um, statistically Ball State looks good I mean they do in, in this matchup but ultimately it, it comes down to two things <laughs> and they sound like opposites but hang with me here how do you start and how do you finish because it kind of feels like it boils down to that now most oftentimes this season it has been about how you finished And you've lost a lot of games in the way you've finished games. You know, Ohio comes to mind. Miami Ohio comes to mind. Um, You know, the Eastern Michigan game that you just had. You've had a lot of those. But in the games that Ball State has won on the road in Mid-American Conference play, they've gotten off to relatively pretty good starts for the most part. You know Buffalo in Western Michigan and Northern Illinois, and um, you know they've done quite well in that regard. So, um, can you do that here? Um, look, I it's come down to the point, and we'll ask Kyle Smedley from the Ball State Daily News about this, and I want to ask a little bit about uh, post game on Saturday as well. But just when you think that. That's the final kind of nail for the season for Bowl State. Again, we are not trying to just spin it positive. We're trying to spin it in reality. Not spin it, but give you reality. And the reality is, even with the loss that you had to Eastern Michigan, boy, you win that game, you're tied with Kent State, and, man, things get interesting. You're still only a game back, all things considered. So, it's – it. it I don't know what to expect to be totally honest with you I, I really really don't I, I go into it every single time saying the constant things here hey, how do you finish games but also at the same time I know he has not had his best two games but you go into every matchup in mid-american conference play and Bashir had is a matchup problem he is He absolutely is. And maybe it comes down to how the guards play off of him. Because Jalen Anderson, Davion Bailey, not fantastic the last couple of games. They've been up and down. Um, But, you know, Bashir has to carry such a heavy load because of where he falls on the scouting report. But I I do know this. I do know when he goes into games, he is the focal point, but also just a total matchup problem. And you can ride that to victory here. Central Michigan's probably the best remaining opponent you have on your schedule left. Um, So uh, this could go a long way. Now, your wins this season... In Mid-American Conference play, have come against a seven and seven Western Michigan team, a four four and ten Eastern Michigan team on the road. Not this past one. Twice against Northern Illinois, who was three and eleven, and Buffalo at two and twelve. So you have not beaten an above five hundred team in Mid-American Conference play yet. You've been very close many many times. Is tonight the night? Because again, the seesaw battle we've kind of been in. With, with with this basketball team, just when you think they they're they're kind of out of it, they have that performance that's like, well, maybe, well, there's a chance. And look, it, it's it you got to have a lot of things go your way, but there's still a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. So anyway, uh, at Central Michigan tonight for Ball State, 7 o'clock is the uh, tip. You can hear the coverage right here on the Talk of Muncie, the new WMUN at 640 right here. All right, we're going to come back quickly, touch on the Indiana Pacers and their bad loss. I mean, it was just a bad loss last night. We'll talk about that when we return. Yes, yeah, so welcome back to your Power Talk of Muncie. The new WMUN is always brought to you by Sheriff Goslin Roofing. Your roof is there to protect your family. Make sure you're doing all you can to protect them. Sheriff Goslin Roofing has been helping families for generations. Remember to call P. Dahlia or look them up at worryfreeroof.com. Uh, Pacers had a bad loss last night. We talked a little bit about it in the open. You can't lose to teams 14 games under 500. And um, Tyrese Albert had a really off night. Uh, I'm not sure why. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of things going on, I'm, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, we, we just got done talking about him kind of uh, looking like his old self. I, I don't know if there's anything connected with injury or whatever, um, but he was, um, he was a minus 16 last night. Nine points, seven assists, couple of steals, two for 11 from the floor. Just one of those nights, man. And, you know, the Pacers still had a chance to win this game, but, you know, you're outscored 40-35 you're outscored to 35 in the fourth quarter. Um, I know it's been a while since we've talked about the defensive lows of this basketball team, but, man, I, I just I, – that's a bad loss. a a really bad loss in a lot of different ways. Um, You know, they shot a better percentage than you did, all those different things, but you just can't lose those games. I don't care how ugly it looks. I don't care how your star is playing. Like, if you're a team that's seven games over five hundred, and and mind you, you're playing at home. You're playing at home against a team that is fighting for their playoff play-in lives, (laughs) and they're 14 games under five hundred. I just thought that that was a really – and I mean a really bad loss. Coming off what you just put together on Sunday, um, you know it's it. You got to hold this team accountable to what we know that they are. They are a team that should be judged as one of the Eastern Conference's best. And if that's the case, you cannot. By the way, Toronto. That was they've had 30 games this season on the road. That's their 10th win. They're 10 and 20 away from home. They could have been nine and 21. They they've they've won 30% of their games away from home, like that's a bad loss. A very bad loss. And you shouldn't have lost that game. So anyway, that's what I got. I told you I would be honest about when things would uh, not be – you know, that, that's a bad loss. It's just a bad loss. So, all right, switching courses back over to Ball State Mids Basketball. When we come back, Kyle Smedley, Ball State Daily News. He's with us after this. Yes, welcome back inside the program for a final time on this Tuesday. Power Talk of Muncie, the new WMUN. Glad you're with us. You can hear Ball State Men's Basketball on the air tonight, live here on WMUN, starting at 6.44 pregame coverage in Mount Pleasant. It is Central Michigan hosting the Ball State Cardinals tonight, and the man from the Ball State Daily News who will be covering it as well is Kyle Smedley with us. Um, (laughs) Describe Saturday in a nutshell, if you can.
1: Uh, For me personally, You know, I think that that was a game that Ball State couldn't afford to lose. Uh, I don't know if I can state it any better. Um, You know, Michael Lewis didn't really see it the same way. But from my perspective, you know, when you have four games left after that, uh, on paper that was a game that you really should win. You know, it's a team behind you in the standings. It's a home game, and it's a game that they led for the majority at the time. Um, You can't afford to give that one away, Um, and really, it's pretty indicative of their entire season if you want to look at it that way.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, and Michael Lewis said it in the postgame press conference about all the different things that keep kind of um, rearing their ugly head in a way. And, you know, he's been so focused one game at a time. We've had him on this program talked about uh, the, the same different things. And, you know, um, it's, it, it's you and I's job to kind of talk about the potentials of the Mid-American Conference and all of that. But it just – it sounds like there's a lot going on from the perspective of trying to just – when things are fixed – to see them happen on the floor and it sounds like similar mistakes are happening time and time again.
1: Yeah, uh, that's been the case really for most of the season. Um, The same mistakes such as potentially a lack of uh, late game understanding, um, letting mental errors um, affect plays, you know, three, four plays down the line Um, and really, you know, Lewis focuses on one game at a time and he said on saturday that he's just trying to get the guys to get to a point where they're playing well before he thinks about playing in a mac tournament Um, and he was quite frank when he just said you know at this point in the season he doesn't feel like the team is good enough to play there
0: yeah yeah and uh, i watched the press conference with uh you asking questions to coach there kyle smedley bowl state daily news with us um Look, all that being said, it it, it kind of feels like Groundhog Day because, again, Ball State finds themselves a game back <laughs> of the eighth and final position with four to play. I, I mean, for all the different things, uh, and, and again, weirdly enough, when we've had these conversations, and there's been four or five of these over the course of the year, I just looked back on the five, uh, uh, maybe it's five or six, that in at least four of those five or four of those six, They've come back the very next time and won. Now, that being said, they haven't beaten a team that's been above 500 in Mid-American Conference play this season. But kind of oddly enough, is is there something to be said that this team somehow reacts um, in a positive way when they have one of those what-the-heck-happened-at-the-end-of-the-game moments?
1: I do think that they play well when, you know, they know that they beat themselves, uh, you know, They went on a losing streak there for a while, and they were losing to teams like Minnesota, Indiana State, Toledo, and Akron, with also uh, Kent State thrown in there. Those are all teams where they didn't really beat themselves in those games. They just got beat by, quite frankly, better teams. Um, I think when they realize that they beat themselves, they're able to respond well. Um, Lewis is able to get them to respond well. And the challenge is going to be, like you said, beating a team tonight that is third in the MAC.
0: Yeah, no question about it. So, um,. Look, it, it feels like they're in a little bit of a, a, a rut, and especially Bashir Jihad, which, again, I know we focus a lot on him. He's asked to do so much. Last two games, he, he's not been very good. Now, you're 1-1 one one in those games. This past one, um, you had similar struggles as the one where he started 0-11, but you were still, still able to close out the game against Northern Illinois. Um, is this him trying to force it too much, or is it a product of all the attention he gets from the opposition?
1: Um, I I think that a lot of it is the fact that he he is being double teamed. He's the number one scouting option. He's the fourth leading scorer in the MAC, so all the attention is on him. However, he's one of very few scoring options for Ball State. Um, you know they've got about four guys who can who can score for him and Bashir, Jalen, Mickey, and Davion, but they really only have. You know, one maybe two. Jalen's on great scores, and Bashir is that one. Um, because really, I mean, even in these games that he struggled, he still reached double-digit points, and he's doing you know all that he can to contribute in some way. Um, unfortunately, a lot of times he just kind of has to force up shots.
0: It's Kyle Smedley from the Ball State Daily News. With us, power talk of Muncie, the new WMUN. Um, are we looking at and again? This is you and I talking. I I know I know the thought process of looking at one game at a time to, to, to totally understand that. That being said, um, in in these last four, is it a matter of going three and one, four and zero? Your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I will say that they have to be Kent State and Western Michigan. Those are games that. They cannot lose, especially with Kent State in eighth and Western Michigan in seventh. You can't lose those games. And then to be really comfortable, you'd like to win against Central or Bowling Green. However, I don't necessarily know that they have to go three and one because if you look at Kent State, not only do they have Ball State, but they also have Central Michigan and Toledo. So there's a very real possibility that Kent State in these last four games goes one and three. So if Ball State goes two and two, then they're in. You, know, you look at Western Michigan, they play Eastern, Akron, and Bowling Green. The Eastern games at home, they could go one and three. I mean, it, it just—it's anything's possible, but the real games that you have to take care of are Kent State and Western, and then... I think from there, you feel pretty good, but you feel a lot better at three and one.
0: the crazy part of all of this is you know uh, again, you could have controlled it yourself to get in and you haven't done that. Um, I think that's been you know the frustration from coach and the team and all those different things. That being said, you know every once in a while y- you get help, and even with some of these tough losses here, like two of the last three ones that we've been talking about here, Kyle. They've gotten the help to where they sit in the exact same position as if you know when they've lost that other teams have lost. Like they've actually gotten a lot of help. So at the end of the day, if we're talking about this in two weeks, and Ball State does not make the Mid-American Conference tournament, does that factor the matter? And I know the team's locked in on themselves and the things that they can fix. From the outside looking in, does that make it even look a little bit more frustrating?
1: Oh, I think so, for sure. Uh, with, with how close the standings are and looking at the three teams above them, you know, where they're all within one or two games of, you know, if you don't take care of business against teams that are right there in your league or below, those are games that you can't lose. And you look back and say, oh, we're the nine seed. We miss out on the MAC tournament by a game. You look at a game like Eastern and you're saying, we win that game, maybe we're in.
0: Yeah. So tonight, um, you, um, uh, Ball State played Central Michigan earlier on. Again, they are the third team in the MAC. And look, Central Michigan has a lot to play for. Like, It's just not the teams that are trying to secure their spots in the tournament like Ball State trying to get the eighth seed. Um, Central Michigan's a game back of Toledo. Um, so they, they, they could theoretically, and there's a big difference between two and three. I, I don't know if there's a huge difference between one and two, but there definitely is uh, between two and three, no question about it. So, um yeah. th- this is uh, it, it matters for everybody on the same level uh in a game like this.
1: Yeah, it does. And this is what I'll say about Central Michigan. Um I you know, some people might look at it like, you know, they're comfortable, they're at the 3 seed. Here's the thing, not only is it a home game and you're never going to, you know, play comfortable at home cuz you always want to win at home. They just got demolished by Miami Ohio yep. on Saturday. I mean you're you're not coming off a loss like that comfortable at all. I mean they're they're playing to redeem whatever that was because Miami is I mean, I guarantee you Central Michigan was looking at that Miami Ohio game like a game that they should have won. I mean honestly you look at both of these teams they are coming off of losses that they arguably shouldn't have had. Both teams are gonna be playing hungry but Central Michigan's playing at home.
0: Yeah, and, and all that being said, Kyle, it, it it's kind of weird to think that Ball State and Central Michigan feel similarly tonight. kind of like you mentioned. Ball State, had they beaten Eastern and should have beaten Eastern, they're they're in the eighth seed right now. Had Central Michigan beaten Miami of Ohio, Toledo lost. <laughs> Central Michigan would have been tied for the second seed and would you play the four out for the, the right to the second seed. Like, weirdly enough, both of these teams feel in the same way. Oh, yeah.
1: No, absolutely they do. And I think that's what makes tonight's game interesting. Um, You know, obviously the games that stand out when you're looking at the schedule are the Kent State and the Western game. But I think this one's just as interesting. I mean, all four of the rest of the games, the rest of the season, are interesting for Ball State because – everything's on the line.
0: Right. No question about it. Ball State at Central Michigan tonight, 7 o'clock tip from Mount Pleasant. It's Kyle Smedley from the Ball State Daily News. Give him a follow on X, Twitter, uh, Ball State Daily News Sports, having all the coverage of Ball State men's basketball with four games to play, the opportunity uh, to get in uh, to the Mid-American Conference Tournament. Hey, thanks, Kyle. We'll be following along and talk to you next week. Thanks for the time.
1: Thanks for having me. Follow along uh, with Zach Carter on X tonight. He's got coverage.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Thanks, Kyle. That's Kyle Smedley from the Ball State Daily News and Zach Carter. They do great work. Thanks to them for joining us, and we'll talk to you tomorrow at 4.